And I think the other important thing, you know, this is also sometimes more for long-term missionaries, is that when you get out of your comfort zones, you realize the gospel is enough. When you don't understand what's going on around you and all you have to hold on to is your Bible and the gospel, and that's all you have as a tool, you realize that's the only tool you need. You're not dealing in the history of the country. You're not dealing in the philosophy of the country. You're not de- dealing in the politics of the country. All that stuff is over your head because you don't know what these people are talking about. All you can do is give them the gospel. And then over time, you realize that's all you really need. Hey, welcome to Whitefield Community Church Mission Extra. And this is the time we kind of take many times to to meet uh, the missionaries that we as a church are are supporting, sponsoring, involved with. And you've seen interviews with uh, many of our missionaries in Ukraine and, of course, also in Hungary. And this week, it's kind of a bit more homegrown, organic, and it's exciting times, I think, you know, especially for us as a church. We've spent many years supporting overseas missionaries, uh, many of which have not actually come from our church, but this time we were able to send a team from our church to go to Hungary, which is one of the places that we we are heavily involved in. And, uh, you know, we have been over many years, both myself and Pastor Nick have been longtime missionaries there. And so that place and that country are close to our hearts. And so I'm joined here with uh, Eric Dipert and with Kurt Fuller, who both were on that team. Welcome. And it's great to have you to share a little bit about this. Um, So just to give a backstory for our our folks, um, this summer, we, over the years, we've, we've had a camp. We've had this English camp, which has started many, many years ago uh, in Eger, where Pastor Nick used to be the pastor. It's one of the churches that he planted when he was living in there. And we have, over the years, been able to send teams. And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff, that kind of came to an end. But this year, we were able to send a team and not only send a team, but send a big team and a lot of young people. And it's, this is, uh, I think this is kind of a historic moment for us as a church, you know, for uh, stepping into this. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how that is and how that happened and the why and the where's and, and all of that. And I just wanted to start with you, Eric, because... Um, this really, this is the young adults, you know, were, were kind of the driving force. Like you, you got them on board and I'm not sure how you did it, but you did it. But I just want to kind of just, let's just talk about what's been happening in our young adults ministry and just what the Lord's been doing in it and just how you guys got around to making the decision, hey, we're going to go to this English camp way across the ocean and teach English to a bunch of people we don't know. And hey, let's go. And it's going to be no air conditioning. It's going to be hot. The food is going to be bad, but we're going to do it, and we're going to go take the love of the Lord there. So kind of just bring us into the, you know, up-to-date as how that all came about. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, it actually started with a conversation when our young adult group was very small. There was kind of gotten down to a couple of people left, and um, it was, we were starting to get to a point where they were starting to share their thoughts and feelings on a lot of stuff. And um, we started talking about, the possibility of going on a mission trip. And so we talked to, to Pastor Nick and um, he really just kind of helped just spur this on and, and get this this going. And we kind of, I kind of thought that this would be a pretty small group because there were only a couple people. But the, uh, the young adult ministry actually has exploded in the last six, seven months now. 
Um, and as these people started coming into the group, it was very exciting to see how excited they were about this opportunity to, to be able to serve. Um, and it's been, I kind of honestly had some expectations that um, the excitement, you know, kind of like, uh, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna go on this, this adventure? And everybody's excited in the beginning as they pack their bags and then they realize, oh, I have this or I have that. Um, but the, the, the number of people grew and grew and grew to the point where uh, it was a fairly large team. So there were 11 of us that flew over and, and David was there, met us there as well. And we had some friends from uh, from England visit us as well, or came as well. So um, yeah, it's just um, it really has grown a, a lot, and and this this trip I think has really helped build a lot of uh, intimacy in, in that group of people in coming together and being able to serve together. Yeah, and and, and I, I just want to make sure our viewers know. Um, you, you are the leader of the Young Adults Ministry, but this is not your first rodeo as far as missions go for you or your wife. Just give us, just bring us up to date yeah. with that. <laughs> um, well, uh, my wife and I actually met uh, going overseas to teach uh, English in, uh, in schools. She was going to Hungary and I was going to the Czech Republic and uh, we met in that process. And uh, she served in uh, a town in Duna Uivaros, which is in southern um, Hungary or middle Hungary. And um, I served in uh, in Prague. So, and then we got married and had kids and served a little bit longer in Prague. And it was, uh, yeah, um, we've done that. And so this English camp isn't exactly new for us. Um, we've actually served on a few English camps in the past. Um, it's very, uh, it's very, it was very exciting to see how um, similar it was to when we did it 20 something years ago um, and how how different it was at the same time. There are a lot of a lot of really neat differences um, in how things have changed uh, in the last 20 years. Yeah, and for you, Kurt, I mean, I just wanted to talk about, we were just talking about this interview and, and you were just sharing with me how the Lord got you on this team because you're not part of the young adults group. <laughs> not a bit. No, you're, and, and Kurt, Kurt is- Not our, that I've opposed. Yeah, no, yeah. He's our audio video director here at the church. So he's on the staff. And so we're talking about this in staff. And so just kind of tell us about how, just like how you got to be a part of this team. Sure. Well, unlike Eric, I am a complete and utter noob uh, when it comes to missions. I've never done it. Always said, you know, I'll do it with my boys eventually. I don't know what it was. I was sitting in staff meeting, and the first time you guys mentioned it, before I even knew the young adults were going at all, uh, I was just like, something just hit me. And I'm like, I think I have to go on this. And it didn't go away. Uh, you know. And so I was, I was pretty confident after a while that you know, God was just speaking to me, and I just needed to go. Um, I didn't know why. I know why now, but yeah, I didn't yeah. know why then. Yeah, no, I, because when you told me that, I remember standing in the kitchen. It reminded me of when I first went on the mission field. Like, you people are always ask you, how did you go on the mission field? And they say, well, it just is a moment like that where you're just hearing stuff. I'm like, I just need to go. Yep. Like, I had no support. <laughs> I just went. I just, you know, I'm like, I didn't know how long I was going to stay. And, well, 21 years later, you know, <laughs> I finally came back to the United States. Or I would say I didn't come back to. I came to the United States now as a missionary, you know, in the sense of this country. So it was like, you know, so that that was very intriguing. And so, so let's just... Let's talk about uh, a little bit about 
some of your first impressions as this team arrives in, in, in Hungary and in Budapest and at the camp and just kind of like, you know, and I know you guys kind of speaking for all of the group and I got to talk with a, a couple of them when, on Sunday morning, just, they were just so, you could tell they were so super excited about what happened. Well, but. On that point, we should probably mention that we will have a, like the whole ministry team will be there, uh, like after church on Oh, Sunday on the 21st. On the 21st. Yeah. So if you're so, watching this before August 21st of 2022, um, <laughs> uh, we will be having right. uh, a meeting here at 1230 and all of the team will have a chance and we'll have, you know, some photos and things like that. You'll get to hear from them as well. But uh, yeah, so let's just, just talk about, you know, first getting all these people across and then arriving in Budapest and then arriving in the camp and, and uh, some first impressions. Uh, well, when we landed, it was 105 degrees, <laughs> so it was the hottest they've had in Budapest in forever. forever. And uh, there's no air conditioning, I think, in the entire country, honestly. So we were really, really hot. Uh, it, it was a very long flight, so yeah, it is a, long it is a very long <laughs> flight. So we, uh, I don't know, it felt like we were up for two days straight by the time we actually got settled mm-hmm. in egg air, um, but. Uh, I got to give props to Eric for all the work that he did in advance, marshalling all this. All I pretty much had to do was was show up and, you know, the, the, just survive the flight. But Eric had to, like, marshal an entire team of people who'd never done this before. So, Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny. Um, Nick said he didn't want to pray for um, health and safety, but, um, but effectiveness. And um, so we did. But... Um, the secret is some of us did pray for health and safety because we thought <laughs> COVID was going around. We were a little worried about a few people like, are you going to make it? And um, it went really smoothly. I think it's because we prayed for health and safety, um, <laughs> but it also was very effective. Yeah. Um, and that was that was really good. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think um, the team, everything went so smoothly. But one of the, the blunders, the classic blunders, aside from getting in a land war in Asia, is, uh, is that... Um, uh, you know, they, they have, none of them have really been overseas before, um, aside from my family. And um, I would be asleep on the plane and I'd, I'd wake up and I'd look over and they'd be watching movies. I was and, just uh, thinking that too. And so, so by the time we landed, it was a, a hundred, at least a hundred, maybe not 105, but if it was 105. It, it was 105. I, I looked crazy. at the weather. It was yeah, sad. It was very warm and they hadn't slept all night. <laughs> and uh, they're very young, uh, but um, not that young. So, um, yeah. They, there was a lot of uh, kind of zombie walking. So. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. That taking it all in. So, so you guys get to the camp, and Lindsay uh, Kuhn is one of our one of the people that we actually support as a church. Mm-hmm. And if you're a member of our church, you can find her up on our website. And so she kind of meets you at the airport. She gets you there to Edgar. And so, kind of tell me what what was what did an average day look like for the camp? Uh, so we started every morning with, uh, kind of an internal staff time, prayer, Mm -hmm. worship, somebody led worship. Um, and this actually gets to one of the things that hit me. Um, one of the hardest is that I found a bunch of opportunities at the camp that I didn't expect that hit right in my skill set. 
I was able to run the sound, set mm-hmm. up the sound, which I didn't even expect there would be any sound. <laughs> but then we had speakers and a soundboard, and and I was able to run that. I was able to, you know, I was asked to lead worship several times, which was great for me and my guitar. And and then uh, the young adults would. David jumped right in on on keyboard, and uh, Kitty Diaper jumped in with me. Um, to, to add another vocal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and so it was, it was, I am super glad that we had those times. It was just a half an hour to try to level set what the day was going to be, um, what we were in for. And, and so, uh, somebody would do a, a devotional every day and it rotated who, um, not against their will, everyone who yeah. was volunteer on that. But, um, so it was a great way to start the day. Mm-hmm. Then it would be, um, uh, breakfast of champions, <laughs> um, followed by uh, three hours of teaching, um, yeah. which honestly was that was very interesting. I think as far as first impressions, um, I think a lot of us our first impression of the students was they were like, eh. but um, mm-hmm. we found out at the end that Kurt Kurt had mentioned this at the end that um, no, they actually really got a lot out of this. It was just kind of a cultural um, difference in in the, how they um, they reacted. But we had three hours of teaching, and then followed by another a lunch of champions. Um, <laughs> and Just full disclosure, the food is bad. The, they're going to improve it next year. They promised yeah. us, but it's not going to be five star. Yeah. I, you know that's what makes you know that makes, makes us all it stronger. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. kill you; it makes you stronger. Right. And so uh, then um, we after that we'd have a, some game time um, in the afternoon, and then uh, I think one of the most effective times was the, the evenings. Uh, we had um, they they called them life stories, where um, different missionaries would be, come up front and tell their life stories. Um, that was great for me. I, I learned a lot about the young adults that I, I didn't I didn't know. Um, but it was really a vulnerable time of being able to tell people. You know who I, who I was, who I am, where I'm going, and how how Christ has worked in my life, and um, that was really good. And in fact, Sarah was telling me before I came to this this meeting said, um, you know, one of the, we had this really great opportunity with this this girl Sophie. Um, mm, we I, um, Sophie. I sat down with her and I said, hey, you just heard these life stories. Um, uh, what's your life story? And uh, she said that's not a very Hungarian thing to do to share that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, she didn't want to burden burden everybody, but she started to share. And as she did, uh, Mason came by and Violet came by and Mason sat down and at some point uh, shared shared Christ with her in in that that situation. And then Violet prayed for her. So um, and then we had a couple of, of students that came to, to church on Sunday afterwards, um, you know, all built on hearing these these life stories and, and feeling like they they could connect with us and know who we were so yeah cool. on that note it's important to know about the life stories that some of the camp is mandatory for the kids and some of it's optional um, and so the life stories were a completely optional part of the camp not a single kid had to come to those um, I would say probably two-thirds of the camp did yeah, some of, point. of uh, to each mm-hmm. one and um, you know, so they heard some very vulnerable life stories, uh, as did we all. It's like uh, that was where I first started to really understand who these young adults were that we had, you know, that had come over here and really, um, you know, and, and that made it just that much easier to spend time with them after camp. Right. Which was great. Yeah. And, and just a bit of history on on that. You know, we started those English camps way back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. or probably late 90s and we found it was 
it just ended up being one of the most effective outreaches. Um, and it became so effective when we were first in Debertson that high schools were sending their kids to these summer programs. And the reason why is because you would have three hours of teaching in the morning. And so there was a structure. We had proper English teachers that were going there to teach, and and and, and but then we'd have the games, and then we'd have this, you know, uh, this immersion. We'd bring in, in these, you know, bring in Americans, bring in you know, native speakers, and they would get immersed in, in that language. And it got to be that, you know, there was high, a lot of high attendance, even just you know, from the high schools in the region, like, you need to go to this English camp, you know, and it was a very, very effective way um, of, of reaching the young people in that area, and we just kind of continued, yeah, and of course, COVID and the pandemic kind of stifled, because you said that they used to have, like, 150 or so over, you know, per year, and now they were down to, like, 50. Yeah, they're yeah. down to 50 now, and yeah, I, th- I, I had talked to one of the students about an English camp they'd been to, or English camps that they'd been to around there, that um, where there were no native speakers. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, I, I, most of my students, we were the first native speakers they'd ever met, which is really kind of fascinating because they had a lot of colloquialisms that, um, that you're like, where did you learn this? And they're like, YouTube and video games. In fact, Kurt actually met somebody in line. <laughs> yeah. I'll let him tell this story. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, it, it's another one of these... Small. I would never have expected this, mm-hmm. um, even as, so I, I am a gamer, so <laughs> I, I play a lot of online esports with my kids. It was a good way to connect with them. And, uh, that got out at camp and one day I'm standing in line and, uh, kind of the cool kids were in front of us, you know, and, uh, one of them turns around and, uh, he says, you used to stream on, on Twitch, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, I saw you. I saw one of your streams and then the next thing I know I'm at the cool kids table and we're just <laughs> we're talking esports and had just a great opportunity. In fact, four of them actually asked for my discord so they could keep up and, you know, maybe we could play games across the pond now and then. So, oh, that, so yeah. it's up to me to make that happen, which I, it's, I still try to remind myself that every day that I need to like shepherd those contacts. But yeah, cause you're going to become like some of my kids. My kids are playing on multiple time zones, Yeah, you yeah. know, cause everybody on nine hours away there, yep. <laughs> my kids are five in the morning yelling and screaming over the computer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a great way, great way to connect. I, I think that, I think that what I was going with, with kind of the beginning of that was that, um, they go to these other camps where they don't know any, but they don't have any native speakers. Uh, they come to this camp that's been decimated by, by COVID and they're going to go home and say, and their parents are going to say, well, what did, what happened? And they say, well, um, we had two native speakers to six, seven students. And there was a, a girl there that was 12 years old from, from England that hung out with us the whole time and a 15 year old and, a, and an 18 and a 19 year old that are the same age as me, um, that spent all their time with us. Um, we also, uh, made a pretty good um, effort, I'd say, to, in all these breakfasts of champions and lunch and dinner of champions, uh, to not, um, as they said, to, to not bubble. And uh, spent spent a lot of time with these kids where we would go and we'd sit we'd sit with them at, at breakfast and lunch and dinner and try to build those relationships that, um, um, uh, you know, Sarah's actually put together photographs with all their names so that, you know, when we, if we're able to go back next year, they were able to say, you know, hi, you know, and they, Marcel, and Marcel's, wow, you remember who I am. So um, just uh, building that, those relationships. And I will say some of us were better 
at that than others. Uh, Eric was extremely effective at. I didn't see him at the same table twice. I think I think he probably talked to every kid in the camp. <laughs> it always felt um, like middle school. It was like, oh, they're going to reject me. I, well, that, that's, that's what no. stopped me. And, and that, that's what I finally realized at the end of the camp is that these kids are too polite to say no. It, yeah. Really, if you walk up with your tray and put it down and say, can I sit here? They're not going to say no. And then you, they're just going to talk to you. One, the, the few times I did that, one of the kids from my group told me, how the entire Hungarian school system works. And let me tell you, it's very, very different from here. Oh, it is. So yeah. it was fascinating. I'm just like, you know, so we had a huge, it, it's actually not hard, but we're trained to think it's hard. It's, it's just so not. So if you end up going, just sit down and talk to them. They're great. Yeah. Well, we've kind of been dancing around this subject a little bit, but somebody would push back and say, well, you know, why spend all this money to go to some faraway country and you know, to a bunch of kids where you, when you could spend all that kind of money and invest it in just going across the street and doing ministry here in the United States, like what's the point, you know, how would you answer that question? Nick actually addressed this with our group um, in the very beginning. We had one of our students, um, one of the young adults actually had a very similar um, kind of argument about that. And um, Nick came and, and the thing he said was, was very impactful. He said, you know, Europe is is the crossroads of the world. Um, uh, there, you know, you have people from Africa and Asia and, and all over that go to come there to go to school and to work, and then eventually they go back. Um, they don't all go back, but some of them do. So, you know, when you make a relate, you know, a contact, a relationship with somebody who's who's Asian who goes back to Asia, you, you now are able to spread, you know, uh, the love of Christ, you know, all over the world. Um, now, all of the kids that we had were all Hungarian, so we're not actually touching those people. But um, all of the students that are that we are, you know, working with at this camp, um, you know, those that come to Christ, um, they're going to to meet Asians and Africans and and people from all over the world that are coming, and then they go back to where they're from. And so it's a great place to kind of um, um, to uh, to be able to do that. It's, from my perspective, I actually had, I came across this question as well. It's kind of funny that you guys did too in Young Adults. Um, in my case, it was phrased as VBS. You know, if, if you're going to do VBS, why not do it here? Um, and first of all, if you want to do VBS, please, there's never enough VBS workers right here. But this is not VBS, right? It's something completely different. This This camp is a place where... The Hungarian parents send their children because we have such a high concentration of native speakers, just like you were saying. If we didn't, they wouldn't be sending their kids because the point is they recognize they need to learn English. They need to be able to speak it fluently to, to kind of thrive in the world um, in, in Europe. So um, that's that's great. So we, if we weren't sending native speakers, the parents wouldn't be sending their kids. From the kids' perspective, um, it's not school. They come to this camp and they're not scheduled from eight in the morning to eight at night with English lessons, right? It's it, uh, they're just more surrounded by immersive English teaching, right? We're and we're interested in their lives. You know, not one of them said they didn't want to come back. So the kids love to come back. The parents recognize the value of it, and in all that, we have a chance to spread the gospel throughout Europe, right? I don't know many opportunities that you're going to have to to make that kind of a uh, a broad impact. Um, 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, just, you know, the, the very fact that, and from my experience, especially with these English camps, um, the reason why, one of the reasons they're so effective for bringing teams over, you know, because many times, you know, over the years, we've we've had mission teams come over to, to Hungary, and in many times you feel like you're just babysitting a bunch of high school students <laughs> and trying to herd cats and keep them from doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And you're trying to do street outreach, you're trying to do drama groups, and those those have all been effective, and they were f- certainly effective in the late 90s after the fall of communism, and just, people just gobbled up. But as into the 2000s, things kind of changed. People weren't, they didn't want to stop on the street and watch you do a mime for 10 minutes or anything like a, do a drama or anything like that. They just wanted to keep getting to where they were going because mm-hmm. consumerism, Western values and everything that had, you know, you know, flooded the country. And so one of the reasons, you know, the English camps are so effective is that I could bring a team of high schoolers and say, or adult, young adults or people and say, all I want you to do is to speak English. Can you do that? <laughs> and I want you yeah. to share your life with them. And I want you to just tell them what, there's nothing forced. Just come and share your life, share the Lord, build a relationship. And it's so impactful on these people that they keep coming back every yeah. single year. Yep. And, and, and the blessing on both sides is so, is just so amazing. And I think the other important thing, you know, this is also sometimes more for long-term missionaries is that when you get out of your comfort zones, you realize the gospel is enough. When you don't understand what's going on around you and all you have to hold on to is your Bible and the gospel, and that's all you have as a tool, you realize that's the only tool you need. You're not dealing in the history of the country. You're not dealing in the philosophy of the country. You're not de- dealing in the politics of the country. All that stuff is over your head because you don't know what these people are talking about. All you can do is give them a gospel. Right. And then over time you realize that's all you really need. Yeah. And and it's 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 almost like a it's an amazing eye opening experience that you know most missionaries will tell you that you know yeah. over the time, over time you know they realize the gospel it is the power unto salvation unto salvation and sometimes it takes moving across a large puddle <laughs> and being fourteen hours in a plane and going someplace where you're totally immersed in a foreign environment to realize that and it just it's life changing it just really is life changing yeah and I would say the the if for me, the discomfort was part of the life change, really. Um, I was uncomfortable from the second I got off the plane, but I loved every minute of it. It's crazy. I I would never have thought that I would say that, but I didn't really want to leave. Honestly, I was, uh, I mean, we got lives and we got to live them. And I do love working at the church. Don't hear me saying that, but I just wanted to stay there because it was, I really kind of fell in love. In fact, I fell in love with the Hungarian people so much. I actually started the Duolingo course. I'm (laughs) going to see if I can recognize some words by next year. No, that's, that's so, you know, kind of, you know, as we kind of bring this to a close, kind of like some closing thoughts, some like highlights or some one like takeaway that you, if, if somebody asked you about the trip, you know, like this is kind of what sum it up for you, whether it's a conversation you had or it's a moment or just maybe an overall experience that you want to share. Um, you know, I, I, I think about this quite a bit. I, one of the young adults that first started coming to our group seven, seven months ago or so, um, I, I, we were talking about in one of the studies about what, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your, your thing? And she didn't, she didn't, 
have an answer. She felt like she was kind of had a numb uh, childhood. And um, she's completely on fire about this. This camp and this trip has really just helped her just come alive. And um, it's so so exciting to see um, all of these young adults um, in in their different places in life and all their struggles to just be excited about this actually matters and wanting to uh, to go back because um, it, they they realize the impact that they they made and they're making. And um, yeah, that was. That's kind of my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I, I think, well, for me, besides the fact that um, I've never really been to uh, a foreign country outside of work, you mm -hmm. know, I always had, you know, a big buffer uh, between me and the and the people there. It was, uh, the buffers were ripped away and I, you know, just really got to see a completely different culture and, and start to understand that, which was great. But I think the biggest thing for me was those life stories. I, I just to listen to people's past and, and you kind of think, well, I'm the only one that's got a huge pile of brokenness over my shoulder. Right. And then you realize, no, I think most people are carrying that and you'll mm -hmm. never know it just from walking around. I mean, all the kids at camp, you know, it's like you start to look at people with different eyes and realize, yeah, and that's the point. We're all really broken and we all really need Jesus because that's the only way we're going to even get close mm -hmm. to fixing it in this life and permanently fixing it afterwards. Yeah, no, that's a great takeaway. That's a great takeaway. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank you for joining us on this uh, trip, Eric and Kurt, and uh, and and I hope you kind of got the takeaway of the impact that people can have, you can have, of being a missionary, going on a short-term mission, or whatever that might be. That 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 leaving the country, leaving your comfort zone, and how much the Lord can speak to you and, and draw you together with others and in in a common goal for the gospel. And uh, we're looking, we're hoping this is the beginning of many such trips, and we're trying to plan and look to how we can go, you know, even from here, from Colorado, and go to places, Mexico, or wherever it might be, or even you know, cities around here and get, get involved in being part of the mission of God and just kind of, um, you know, sometimes letting that discomfort get us out of, <laughs> out of ourselves and, and, you know, super focused, you know, on what the Lord wants us to do. So if you, have you like you interested in any of our other ones, especially our Ukraine, uh, interviews that we've been doing, you know, whitefieldschurch.com, you can find them there or YouTube or any of your favorite podcasting, uh, platforms, you know, of course, like and review if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you know, give us a thumbs up up subscribe certainly helps you know in the almighty algorithm you know when people are asking about hey they type in hungry and uh guess what we show up and we can talk to them about what it means to go and, and teach a bunch of kids in hungry about the lord and the impact that'll have so we really appreciate you joining us today and may god bless you